Hi, and you're listening to Java with Jen with your host, Jenilee Samuel. Hey, you guys, thanks so much for joining me today for Java with Jen. All right, you guys may have seen on Instagram, I sent you a little teaser about today's episode. I am excited for my guest. Her name is Taryn Quinn Vidalier. I struggle with the last name. Sorry, Taryn, you'll have to do that for me. And uh, (laughs) Taryn is actually on the staff with us at our church where my husband and I work, and she is the director of the preschool. Now, listen, we know mom guilt is a very real thing, especially for moms of young children. And it is enough to really zap the joy out of the motherhood process. But the good news is mom guilt does not have to be a part of your journey. So we are going to tackle mom guilt, coping and crushing, coping with and crushing mom guilt in today's episode. So Taryn, thank you so much for last minute being willing (laughs) to jump on this episode (laughs) with me. No problem. Uh, Thanks for having me. I woke up and I was thinking of you and your podcast. And so I'm really excited that we get to do this together. Yeah, me too. Well, and you guys, so Taryn, you need to know a little bit about Taryn. She, a number of months back, I started praying that the Lord would bring me people that would help push my podcast forward. And Taryn that week messaged me and was like, Hey, I want to send all your parenting episodes to all my parents in emails every week. And I was like, Oh, thank you, Jesus. So she became one of my best hype girls. And, um, she has listened to a number of episodes. And then this morning I was praying about an episode, like, what do I need to record? And I literally had no ideas. And then Taryn messaged me and we got to talking and I was on her heart and she was on my heart. So we decided the Lord clearly put this episode together. So we're just excited about it. What you think? Uh, I love it. I love it. I feel like mom guilt is pretty relevant um, from the beginning of time, probably (laughs) (laughs) until now. So I think it's a great topic for us to talk about. Um, And I definitely think it was something the Lord put on both of our hearts this morning. I think so. So why don't you share with me what you were sharing with me earlier about when you were laying in bed the other day and kind of were getting hit with your own mom guilt? Yeah. So the other night, uh, so I have a toddler. I'll say that. I'll start out with, I have a fresh toddler and Mm -hmm. I'm currently six months pregnant. So I'm, I'm momming, you know, real hard right now. And we just had a rough day. Uh, anyone who has a toddler or who, who's been through the toddler phase, um, I feel like it's a lot of no's. It's a lot of, did I make the right choice? Did I raise my voice? Did I say yes enough? Um, Did I feed him right? And I'm sitting here and I'm like, wow, what an afternoon. I felt like it was the longest day in history. But as I lay down, I sat there and questioned every choice I had made that day. Like, and Mm -hmm. if it was the right one. And it was like in such a negative way. And I was like, oh my goodness, I'm not the only mom that feels this. You know, and I instantly just went into prayer of like, Lord, these thoughts are not from you. Like my child is loved, you know, and I do the best I can every day, even if I do fall short. And I, but it just put on my heart, just all the other moms that feel this and how relatable that feeling is of just questioning yourself and almost like self-condemnation of, you know, trying to measure how good you did or didn't do that day. Yeah, that's so true. So as you're talking about mom guilt, and I think you're probably describing a scenario that all of us have experienced probably on a regular basis. And I don't know why. I feel like personally, it's so much more when the kids are little. 
Um, when my kids were all toddlers <laughs> and young, I felt yeah. like mom guilt was like a climate I lived in, you know, like if I, if I, and I didn't really usually feel bad for taking time for myself. Sometimes that's where moms will feel mom guilt. And according to urban dictionary, that is the definition of mom guilt is where guilt that a mother feels anytime she takes time to do something for herself outside of work that does not involve her children. So I know that's an area that a lot of moms will feel guilt, but I think mom guilt is just anytime we have that insecurity, that shame, that panic, that guilt that I'm just not doing it right. I'm not doing it well enough. I'm not working hard enough. My kids are going to grow up and be screw ups because I can't get my stuff together. Yeah. (laughs) That's what I think of as mom guilt. And um, even as you were talking, I thought about this passage which the Lord spoke to me and showed it to me earlier when my kids were little. It's in Isaiah 40, verse 11, where it says, he will tend his flock like a shepherd. And the Lord often refers to us as the sheep of his pasture, right? He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom or in his heart. And he will, and he gently leads those who have young. (laughs) (laughs) He gently leads those who have young. And I was like, you know what? I bet the Lord leads us gently because he knows we are one stitch away from losing our crap. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. There's like, there's moments you're like, um, okay. Is there a timeout button? Like, is there a pause? Yeah, for sure. Right. Right. And so anyways, okay. You guys side note before we really dive into the meat of this, cause this is going to be good. Um, Taryn and I are both sitting outside. And so if you hear outdoor noises, just enjoy it and pretend you're on the back porch with us because, you know, it's just part of the atmosphere in today's episode. So, okay. So Taryn, what would you say are some types of mom guilt that we experience with our kids? I know for me personally, uh, discipline is probably one of the biggest, um, feeding your child (laughs) when they decide, you know, all of a sudden. They don't like to eat this, even though they ate it yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, and really just that quality time with your kids. Uh, like you said before, it's yeah. like you so badly, you know, want to make sure you're shaping your kids the best that you can. And I feel like there's just certain areas that we that are highlighted more than others. And I feel like quality time, you know, spending that time with your kids is a big one, too, because um, you just don't want to lack in any area that would cause yeah. them to, you know, stumble as, as they get older. Yeah. I agree. And I think there probably are more areas where we experience mom guilt, like in those little micro spaces. But I Mm -hmm. feel like for the most part, those are probably the biggest three categories where we experience it because discipline. And I think the reason they matter to us so much is because intuitively and like subconsciously, biologically, whatever, we know that these are areas that shape their future, you know, Mm -hmm. like how I feed them is, is down to their basic survival and also determines their future health. How I discipline them determines their future relationships, opportunities, and potential. And how I spend time with them shapes their mental health and shapes their emotional well-being, which also changes the kind of people, kind of people they'll hang out with or the person they might marry and who might choose them or not choose them, you know? And so I think, I think subconsciously those things feel heavy because we just know there's a lot of weight there, you know? Absolutely. And so what, let's talk about discipline. Cause I remember struggling with this a lot when my kids were little, I feel like every day, no matter how I disciplined, there was always something that I was like, so if I spanked a lot that day, even if I saw good fruit from it, I would lay down at night and think, 
are my kids really just afraid of me? Is that why there was good fruit? Is, did I spank <laughs> yes. too much? Did I spank too hard? Did I, okay. So then I went into no spankings and then I had little hellions for children. And so I was like, okay, so, so it, do they only know how to relate to me if I'm spanking them? And so I was like, I just, no matter what I did, it was like, I was always panicking over doing it wrong. How did, how do you feel it in the area of discipline? Yeah. So I, I feel like spankings is always like the number one, like in the discipline area. Am uh -huh. I doing too much? Am I doing too less? Let me try this. Let me try that. I, but I feel like spankings is probably the number one area. Uh, that day that I was referring to where I laid down, I was like, how many spankings did he get in that two hour span? You know, uh -huh. and how much how, was it appropriate spankings? Because did it, did it derive from I'm tired? Am I hungry? Am I, you know, where are the choices coming from? Was it just yeah. a, a, not a good choice that he made, you know? Um, right. so sometimes it's like you said, you just go into all this questioning. Um, so, you know, I've, I've tried the gentle parenting. I've tried the spankings and I know every child is so different, but, um, that's kind of how I feel too, Jen is, yeah. you know, you don't want to go to bed thinking like I just spent the afternoon, um, just disciplining all afternoon yeah. it's not the best feeling even if it is what's no. best for your child at the time you know um yeah you, yeah you can't just take your plate of food and dump it on the ground because you wanted to right there, there does have to be a, there has to be a consequence for that you cannot just hit the dog with the yeah. spoon I was cooking with yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> so, you know I feel and also disclosure I love to laugh and Jen does too so and I feel like when things are so relatable, we, we tend to laugh because it's just <laughs> nice having that shared, um, you know, <laughs> grief, <laughs> yeah, shared grief, grief share. Yep. Um, but yeah, so I feel like discipline is, is definitely a good start to this because it, it's real and it's really debatable too. Um, yeah, everyone even, has a different even from a biblical standpoint. I feel like it's, it gets really debatable at times Yeah. with that. Well, and I think, I think with any topic that matters a lot, it's going to be debatable, but I think uh -huh. part of why it can become debatable is because we in our human natures can kind of get into extremes where we feel like yeah. we have to be far left or far right. That mm -hmm. way we know where we're standing. Like I know clearly where I stand. These are my lines. In fact, I'm sure of it because I'm way over here on the left or I'm way over here on the right. And, um, but I actually was reading in Ecclesiastes the other day with, which, which helped me a lot in my motherhood journey, um, in Ecclesiastes seven, I think verse 18, it says that a man of God will avoid all extremes. And this helps me because whether you're in camp spankings or camp gentle parenting, or whether you're in camp, you know, time out every time or mm -hmm. camp whatever, you know, like find creative discipline, whatever your camp is a, let me just encourage you, mom, that there are multiple diverse methods of discipline. And yes. that's how it's supposed to be because no person is the same. And like of my four boys, there was one of my boys that spankings were particularly unfruitful. It, it seemed like it just made him angry rather than repentant. And I never could understand Except for later, I found out he he's driven by a need for intimacy. And so I found that he was actually more responsive to when we would send him to his room to be alone, because then he felt like that thing that affected him the most, that connection and people was what was injured. And so he could feel the pain of his actions more readily 
from being mm-hmm. separated. And I, and I don't like to do that a lot because I don't want them to feel like in their sin, we're abandoning them, you know, but yeah. you know, he understood there was, there's a time and a place for it. So all that to say like gentle parenting, I mean, I feel like when it comes to discipline, we have to consider both what's my personality and yeah. what works for me, what's their personality, what works for them. Cause the point of discipline is that they do feel the pain of their actions because the word of God says that it's the pain of discipline that drives foolishness far from us. And yes. so there has to be felt pain. People are not motivated to change until they feel pain associated. So that's just human nature. So the point of discipline is they feel some form of pain um, with it. The Bible is clear that the rod of correction drives away foolishness and do not spare the rod or else you will you hate your child, you know, mm-hmm. so there's a lot of scripture that speaks to that. But then there's plenty of example in scripture that talks about using scripture to bring correction, you know, and things like that. So what what would you say to all that, Taryn? I I agree. I think, it, like I said, every child's different from a child care, you know, facility perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that our child care facility is set up and being a director. So the role that we follow with state licensing is you can do a minute of timeout per age. Okay. Mm. So, you know, obviously no spankings, nothing like that. I will say it's, it is really interesting. And I think it's even really cool how it works Mm -hmm. in our, in that setting, in that daycare setting, that is what Mm -hmm. works for us if it is done consistently. And because there is this need of, I don't want to feel left out, you know, like, if a child, you know, has to go sit out multiple times because of behavioral or choices or whatever, they don't want to miss out on the fun activities. And so eventually yeah. if they just get bored of sitting time out and they use it, it'll, it'll correct itself typically. Mm. And so does that work for every single child? No. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, um, do I think it's important to partner, you know, if you are a childcare facility and I think also both parents need to be on the same page as far as uh, that goes. So I think, I think you're right in the sense of that there's just multiple ways to discipline and it is about what works best for your personality, the child's personality. And the biggest word is fruitful for me. What is fruitful for the relationship in general? If you, if you're, if you're parenting, is causing you a lot of anguish and you're like, man, this is just not fruitful for me. If you mm-hmm. see that your child is still not responding well, then I think it's uh, go, go to scripture. Go, thank God <laughs> that he gave us yeah. you know, all of this guidance on, on how to be a parent. And Hey, if plan A is not working, here's plan B. You got this, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but I do think that, you know, consistency and doing what is best and fruitful overall is yeah. probably works best. I know for me personally, Jen, I'm just going to be, this is like a total honest parenting moment. I think there's moments where you just have to step away and go pray for a minute because, True. you know, if my, if my toddler, you know, he might go to school and act great <laughs> and he's like, so well behaved and praise the Lord for that. But mm-hmm. he has some really big emotions yeah. and he can, he doesn't know how to fully express those. So there was a day, um, this is just a story from the other day where he got really upset because I took something that he was not using how he should have been using. And I asked him to stop and he didn't. So my biggest rule of thumb is I will ask, I will tell, I will choose a consequence. Hmm. And um, because I feel like as they get older as adults, that's a good rule. Hey, can you not do that? Hey, I need you to stop doing that. 
it will, or there's going to be a consequence and then you follow through with consequence. So, yeah, um, that's good. So he decided that he was, you know, grown and a grown toddler <laughs> and he, he slapped me in the face. Oh no. <laughs> and I was like, uh, okay, I'm going to spank you, you know? And so I spanked uh-huh. him and said, you know, you don't do that. He looked me right in my eyes, slapped me again. Oh no. Again. And by the third time I'm like, this isn't fruitful, <laughs> you know, <laughs> this isn't fruitful. So I just chose to step away, mm-hmm. you know, and we both kind of had our calm down moments. And then, you know, dad stepped in and said, Hey, you don't hit mom. We mm-hmm. do not do that. You know, and he got on his level and talked to him about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was okay, but mm-hmm. we were not fruitful in that moment of, um, you know, he hit me, I guess I was hitting, you know, him kind of situation, not hitting him, but mm-hmm. um, spanking's back. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to pick your moments. It's okay to have to like walk away and say, Lord, how do I handle this situation? Yeah. It's not every yes. situation is going to be the same. Right. It's so true. And I, that speaks to kind of somewhere that I wanted to go with this is a couple of ways that I found that, that would help me deal with and feel like, yes, I disciplined today but I feel good about the discipline that I brought was two things in specific. One is what you're saying, step away and ask the Lord. Like I remember, I remember multiple times my boys would literally be in my face and I would feel that like that frustration that feels mm-hmm. like you're short circuiting in your brain, you know, yes. <laughs> like, like I'm about <laughs> yes. to start twitching right now. Um, <laughs> and so I would literally just close my eyes and I would just, and it literally takes 10 seconds. It doesn't take long. Holy spirit is so faithful to help us, you know? Uh, and he's gentle with us, which helps us in turn learn to be gentle with our kids. And I would just ask for an idea. I'd say, Lord, I need to know what to do here. I don't know how to discipline this. And he would drop an idea in my heart every single time, drop an idea. If I ever didn't have an idea, I would default to, which I don't remember ever not getting an idea from the Lord, but if it was to happen, then I would separate the kids, send them to their rooms, give everybody a minute to breathe and then come back together and talk about it. And then, and as the kids got older, sometimes I'd ask them, what do you feel like is an appropriate consequence for how you behaved? And to be honest, a lot of times they would be harder on themselves than I was because I think our human nature also feels the need for consequence when we're wrong, you know? And, uh, with that too for sure I think I I I think as the kids get older you can Uh you can they will honestly share what they think their consequence should be and where the the area where they messed up or how their choice Mm -hmm. affected your feelings or affected you or the situation and um I, I love that you get your kids to contribute to that conversation rather than go to your room you've upset me I think that that parenting right there is is brilliant like have them talk about the situation yeah it made everyone feel in in that exactly because I mean really at the end of the day I don't want I don't want discipline to what's the word like the Bible says in I think it's in James where it says the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God and so when we're disciplining our kids which gets to my second point actually when we're disciplining our kids from a place of anger or like I'm frustrated and because I'm the powerful person in this relationship you get to deal with my wrath. You know, that's not the kind <laughs> yeah. of people we want to raise. And so that's not the kind of discipline we want to, we want to deal. And so I think sometimes our mom guilt at the end of the day is because intuitively I know 
oh, I was disciplining from a place of anger or control or bullying or intimidation. And when we know that's the place we were coming from or frustration, then we feel that guilt check at the end of the day. And sometimes that guilt is the Holy Spirit checking us, you know? And so in that regard, mom guilt isn't always bad. Sometimes it's the Holy Spirit putting us, you know, calling us to our higher selves, you know? Um, And so I think that the second principle that would help me not encounter as much mom guilt is when I would make the point to in discipline, call out the good in who they are and separate them from their foolishness. So like one parent who I really admire their kids um, and their parenting style, this was a game changer for me. He said, when you, when I'm disciplining my kids, I'm not disciplining them because they're bad. I'm disciplining them because correction drives out foolishness and I'm trying to help them get rid of the foolishness that can hurt them. And so I tell them I'm disciplining the foolishness and it's up to you. So like if my kids were resistant to the correction, I would say, listen, I discipline as long as I see foolishness is being demonstrated in your behavior. If I spank you and you respond angry to me or you respond with a disrespectful attitude or you show resistance towards me, then I know that your heart is not repentant. And so I have to continue to discipline you until I see repentance. And so if they'd be like, stop spanking, I don't want any more spankings, you know, I start with three or whatever. And then, and then if they're still demonstrating foolishness, like having an attitude, I'd say, okay, turn around, we're going to do three more. And they're like, no, no, no. I'd say, listen, (laughs) it's, it's up to you how long it takes. Like if you're willing to let go of foolishness and take on wisdom, we can be done right now but it's up to you how teachable you want to be. And so that puts the power back in their hands. It keeps me calm because I'm just, I'm following a procedure rather than following an emotion. You know, that's a huge thing. I like how you said that I'm following a procedure. Like you put your boundaries down on how you wanted to mom. I think, isn't that cool? Like, I feel like I really like that Jen, because you put boundaries down. Okay. This is the process I'm going to follow. You know, Mm -hmm. this is, this is how it's going to be done. And, and you walk in confidence with that. Yeah. Well, and I think it also, it also helps the kids because then I don't feel like I'm an out of control character. (laughs) You know what I mean? Because to them on the other side of the equation, if they're getting spanked by someone who they can feel that you're angry and you're out of control, well, they're in fight or flight mode. You know what I mean? Like, they're freaking panicking because you don't feel safe to them anymore because Mm -hmm. you are now the bear in the woods. You are the person with the weapon in your hand and they don't know if they're just going to suffer because of your anger and frustration. Well, that is like unhealthy discipline because that, that steps into more like an abuse type situation. And, and I think we've all crossed that line at some point and realized how unhealthy it was and learned from it, you know, because we don't want to live there. Um, and so that's where I learned the need for a procedure because I was like, I cannot, I hate that look on my kid's face of that. Yeah. They're scared of me. You know, I, that's not what I want. I want just a look of repentance, but I want them to know that even when I'm disciplining them, I'm still good and I'm still for them, you know? And so yeah, I, I like the, the look of repentance. I said that too, because, um, the other day it was a very simple moment. Uh, mm-hmm. and Jasper chose to make a choice. You know, I said, don't do, th- you know, please don't do this. Told him don't do it. He did it. Um, and I just, I just quietly spanked him and said, I told you not to do this. He looked mm-hmm. at me and he hugged me 
And Aww. I like, yeah. And it wasn't like, a, I'm, you know, like you said, like a mom, just whoop me. <laughs> don't, don't spank me. You yeah. know, it was, but it was just a very, it was a very simple moment, very mm-hmm. teachable moment. It was, um, I was like, okay, whew, breakthrough. I did it. I just mommed really good. You know? <laughs> good <laughs> job, mom. The back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No mom um, guilt over that one. Yeah. And, but it was, it was, but it's like you said, I I had established those boundaries and of the procedures. This is what's, you know, and I remain calm, you know, obviously. And, Mm -hmm. um, but there was, there was that look of repentance. There was that, I love you, mom. And he did not do it again. Uh, you know, so that was good. Yeah. Bless it. I mean, really, to be honest, when, when there's discipline, there's the opportunity for connection. And I, I can think of one of my kids in particular, I think his love language is words because he, and he's also an Enneagram three. And so Enneagram threes are really motivated by achievement and accomplishment, Mm -hmm. but they also really don't like to hurt people. Like an Enneagram three is like broken up if they feel like they've hurt someone. And so if I was disciplining him, he could tell I was upset and, and I used harsh words and I could literally see on his face, I was breaking his spirit. And so I would have to like stop myself and like, pull back, calm down, take a breath. And then I would redirect and I would start speaking life over him. Be like, I'm so sorry for my words. I don't, I should not be harsh with you. Here's why I'm frustrated is because you're better than this. I know you're better than this. You are a man of God. You are full of integrity. You are full of Mm -hmm. kindness. And when you act like this, it frustrates me because it's so far away from who you actually are. And so then I would see in his face, almost like he's kind of filling back up like a balloon inflating again, you know? And And so that's, that's really what taught me the power of my words when I'm disciplining them. And it also helped me get away from mom guilt because then I, I developed a new protocol, you know, like lead with it, lead with words that speak value and separate the sinner from the sin, like help them recognize, like they need to know we still believe in them because they're, they're young and insecure. And they just think, I don't know if I've got this world handled, but mom and dad will tell me if I'm ready for this world. And when all we do is speak over them, how much of a failure they are, they literally grow up believing that they're not capable or competent. And so they need us in those moments to speak life and remind them, I still believe in you and you're still capable of doing what's right. You know, like they actually really need that. Yeah. And to like, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like uh, we're speaking a lot of like, oh, discipline and spankings and this, you know, and, and there are these talking moments, mm-hmm. but I'll say too, uh, you know, so, you know, for everybody who thinks we just spank our kids, you know, <laughs> to drive <laughs> off their foolishness, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> you know, there's just, there's so many teachable moments too, that don't, I feel like that don't result in that. Like sometimes yeah. when they, when kids just make those impulsive um, decisions, you know, there's times where I can just get down and be like, bub, no, we don't do that, you know, and I can just love or hug or sometimes I'll just, even with that, like, I'll just kind of try to break or redirect because that's mm. like, that's another big part of discipline is b- trying to catch yourself before trying to just stop the situation before it gets to from A to B um, yeah. that point between try to redirect. Um, I think that's more for younger. I think by the time that, you know, they get to be, they're still impulsive when they're six and seven, but they can verbalize a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, their intentions behind their decisions a lot more. Mm-hmm. And so for the moms out there that, you know, you have the toddlers, you have the kids that, you know, they might have a strong spirit. They might be determined. Um, 
I, you know, when they're not able to verbalize the reason they're making these impulsive decisions and they might not have a reason at all, but yeah, you know, I think that sometimes redirection is a huge part of discipline and you just, and this is probably part of the solution, but just as a mom, just kind of being prepared to redirect and, Mm -hmm. and how, at what point do you step in to redirect? Right, right, right. Yeah. I think, I think when you can feel the momentum taking off and the situation you're getting, the situation's getting on top of you (laughs) rather than you staying on top of the situation. (laughs) That's, I think a really good time to redirect, you know, and like, okay, let's all step away. Cause it's really, it's all about energy. Our energy, emotion carries energy. And when our emotions get worked up, energy has momentum and it sweeps all of us into it, you know? And so having to shift course interrupts that energy momentum and, and helps us to kind of, and that's what I think we're doing. And that's some of what's important in discipline is teaching our kids how to recognize and self-manage, you know, like how to recognize, Oh, that made me angry. And so instead of doing this, I need to teach myself to do this. So a lot of discipline, when we control our own anger and frustration, we're Mm -hmm. modeling for them that self-management that we're trying to teach them. And so it's, it's, it's complicated, but yet it's so simple at the same time. It's, you know, it, but I do appreciate what you said that, you know, obviously there's a lot more forms of discipline besides spanking. I appreciate, and we'll, we'll wrap up the discipline portion and get into food and spending time together. But, um, I like where some parents, some teachings I've heard before is about using creative discipline. And so like thinking about what was the, what was the violation and then being uh-huh. creative and making sure the discipline connects to the violation. So for example, if my kids are fighting and bickering a lot and just like name calling, sometimes what I'll do is I'll have them sit face to face holding hands and say four or five kind things to each other. It's a type of discipline because it redirects and it and it's humbling, but it's not necessarily painful except to the ego. And can I it's say, sh- does that just hurt their pride so much? Like to yeah. sit there, and look them in the eye, and love you, brother. You're best. <laughs> yep, yeah. yep. And sometimes when they've been fighting, I would say, and and I would spank, and we'd get all situated. Then I'd say, okay, I want you guys to hug, and they'd be like, of course, like no, because they're still kind of churning. <laughs> and I'd be like, you need to hug until you guys are laughing. And so I would literally make them stand there <laughs> hugging each other. Until they're laughing. And so inevitably someone smirks and someone pokes and someone says something about farting and then they're laughing again, you know? And so it really makes me laugh too, just because I know your voice Uh and I just, it just makes me laugh. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to make this so awkward that we will get over this. (laughs) Yes, exactly. We are not going to stay there. Um, Okay. So moving on from discipline, I think obviously there's a lot, there's a lot that could be there. Um, but I think the, the, the ways to help avoid mom guilt in recap of the discipline section was yeah. step aside, take a minute to ask the Holy Spirit for an idea. Cause when you know you're doing it his way, it's going to always bear good fruit. Um, yeah. secondly would be have your protocol that, that way you're not disciplining out of anger, but you're discipline, disciplining from principle and boundaries and you don't get so much out of control. So have your protocol and make sure your protocol includes calling out the good in them. Um, and then consistency was yours as well. The, the importance of being consistent because that will bear fruit. And I think that was our suggestions. I feel like I'm forgetting one, but 
I think that's right. Those are our little suggestions to avoid yeah, the mom I, guilt. And I'll, and I'll add this with consistency. We kind of, when we were talking earlier, um, you know, we kind of laughed because we were like, okay, consistency. Like, yeah, follow through in the classroom. Like, we can do that at daycare. Like, we have to in order to manage X amount of two-year-olds or X amount of three, four-year-olds, whatever. I feel like, though, let's, can we just be like real, really realistic moms and just say, it's hard to be consistent. Yeah. And this probably applies for every area we're talking about today. It's really mm-hmm. hard to be consistent when you are tired and it is 530 and everyone <laughs> is at the end of their day and has, you know, you're trying to fix your attitude, but it just yeah. seems better. And you're trying to get dinner done, but your child's upset because dinner's not done. And so <laughs> then you're like, you know what? I'm going to let that slide. <laughs> so yeah. I feel like just a realistic touch on that is, you're good you're gonna fall short sometimes and that's okay and that's probably like a big idea you know at the to recap all this is like we're not perfect moms but when it comes to consistency sometimes I'm like man I was not consistent in that moment um but that doesn't mean you can't pick back up so like be encouraged by that like don't don't get too discouraged by like well I let it slide this time should I let it slide again just be re-encouraged you know yeah yeah, just pick it back up. What I what up. I what I would do sometimes because consistency obviously is is important, um, but it is impossible to be hundred percent consistent. It just is. Um, life throws curveballs. You're pregnant and vomiting. You're not going to be able to get up and deal with your kid every time they do something wrong. Like it's just, <laughs> I love that. you know. Yeah. And so what I would do is sometimes if it was a day where I was inconsistent and did not hold to boundaries or standards I normally do. At the end of the day, I would sit my kid down and I would say, listen, remember when you did this earlier and I didn't discipline you? Remember when you did this earlier and I didn't correct that and I just let it slide? Be like, listen, those things still matter and those still are my standards, but I just gave you some grace today because sometimes we all need grace. And so I would kind of like speak to it so they knew the rules didn't change but I would also let them understand there are times for grace sometimes. And then, and then when I did that a lot, then they'd go, mom, please just give grace this time. Just grace. Please give us grace. <laughs> and I'm like, my grace is you get disciplined right now. <laughs> yeah. That's but, yeah. So, okay. Let's get into food because food and we'll hit this one quickly. Cause I don't, I mean, the, ugh, food, food was a struggle when the kids were little, let's just be real. And like, there was nights when we would watch, Instead of having very educational, helpful family time, I'd sit the kids in front of VeggieTales and they eat popcorn for dinner, like, or cold cereal, you know, like food brings mom guilt sometimes. So talk to me about that, Taryn. Well, what you just said is probably the truest thing ever um, (laughs) because, (laughs) oh, food is frustrating. I don't know about you, but food is, food is getting frustrating. I have a child who went from eating anything and everything to one day he likes it and the next day he doesn't and with the big emotions I mean he will flip it off the high chair tray and then I'm like oh are we gonna go to bed hungry you know and then I'm like stop he's like he can't go to bed hungry so you know I'm really diving in deep to that you probably have a lot more (laughs) advice than I do but I, I think once again it goes back to being super realistic in the sense of um you know you're going to knock it out of the park some days. Some days you might hit every food group. You got your veggies, you got your fruits, your meat, your carbs, 
and you feel like you're winning. And I'm talking yeah. like, I am, I am doing great. I mommed really hard. It was successful, pat on the back. And then the next night, um, you might have the box mac and cheese with the side of crackers and you're still alive for the next day. So that's good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was a win. They stayed alive. That, you know, um, but, but once again, that guilt and once I just think that sometimes, yeah, like sometimes it can be like the Holy Spirit, you know, saying, Hey, you know, here's, here's some ideas on how to do this better. But sometimes, mm-hmm. honestly, I think you just got to be really tuned in to Holy Spirit and hearing from God, because sometimes it really is just the voice of the enemy trying to plant mm-hmm. a seed of, yeah. wow, you didn't feed your kid very good today. That's all you gave him. And that self-condemnation kind of comes in and yeah, it's so unnecessary and it'll drain yeah. a mom. I feel like in point two seconds, but yeah. um, meals are meals are getting a little tricky these days. I'm not going to yeah. lie. Well, okay. To speak to that moms, keep in mind, guilt will drain your energy and make you feel ashamed like a failure and will discourage you so that you feel like you don't want to tackle it tomorrow. But God's conviction does not produce that kind of result. God's conviction will actually energize you because it feels like he's putting a solution in your hand and it comes with the hope that things can change. So that's how I always recognize the difference is like, do I feel heavy and defeated or do I feel inspired and motivated even though I know I needed to do something differently, you know? And that's the difference of the enemy's voice and the Lord's voice on those. Um, But yeah, when it comes to food, okay, here's my philosophy. I think as long as my kids are eating healthy 70 to 80% of the time, then we're yeah. doing good because we're, we're moving in the right direction and yes. their body will forgive the other 10 to 30%, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think that's just a better approach period, whether you're dieting to lose your baby weight or whether you're trying to keep your health kids healthy. I mean, yeah. like there's just going to be curveballs. You can't avoid that. And then kids they're like, I had one kid who was texture sensitive. And so literally I fed him baby food until he was two and a half simply. So I knew he was getting fruits and vegetables. And so, and I got so harassed by my in-laws over that. I was going to say like, sorry to interrupt, but did you feel like you kind of got like backlash from other people or a little bit of judgment for that when it came to Oh, my, my kid's still on liquids and not solids and all that. Yeah, I did. And honestly, that's why I ended up stopping is because my in-laws um, used to give me so much grief over it. I was like, I don't know what else to do. It's better than him living on Pringles because he would eat Pringles because they were crunchy, crunchy, but he wouldn't yeah. like, he wouldn't do pasta. He wouldn't do uh, oatmeal. He would do cream of wheat, but not oatmeal. I don't know. It was just weird. And, it was, and I just remember praying that his taste buds would, uh, would, would change. And you know what, as they grow, they do. And as they grow, they incorporate new things. And usually around, I mean, every kid is different. And now I will say this, it is important to continue creating the opportunity for them to try new things. Absolutely. Everyone has different methods. Some people are like, okay, my rule is you have to try three bites before you can say you don't like it, you know, or whatever. Um, and For me with the kids, I would go with their age. If they were three, they had to try three bites. If they were seven, they had to try seven bites, you know? And that usually was enough to just get them to realize they need to give it a shot. Um, But then if they really didn't like it, I wasn't going to torture them, you know? And so I think, I think at the end of the day, you have to just breathe deep and realize it's not going to make or break them unless it becomes a pattern in their life. Yeah. I mean, 
and, and, and like like I said, and there's no condemnation in anything that we are saying either parenting wise about being healthy, right. the Pringles or the popcorn or veggies or this or that. But I do agree in the sense of like you do have to continuously get them to try stuff. Like if you're going through the drive through every single day, that's going to be that's going to become their expectation and their reality together. Yeah. And um but the other day, let me share this. This is getting really real. Um, Jasper refused to eat the lunch at school. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, I like him to try new things. And I knew he was going to be hungry when I picked him up. And I was like, you know what? Kudos for him. You know, like, he, for the most part, he will try it. He will at least try it. And I'm a big fan of that. So I was like, I know he does love French fries. And he does not get French fries every day. But I was like, all right, bub we're going to go do French fries. Like I'll get you a little snack, you know, before dinner. And of course dinner was not going to be the Big Mac or whatever, but it was going to be vegetables, you know, something healthy. Y'all, I, he was starving. He was hungry. You know, I was tossing fries to the car seat from the, from the driver. <laughs> and he thinks it's hilarious and he loves to catch them and eat them. And, you know, and so I got home. <laughs> so my husband got home and he sees the, the French fry container. He's like, mm-hmm. So we we're having French fries for dinner. I said, no, like this is his meal. That was his snack. But even like my husband was like, just gonna like, have really? French fries from Dairy Queen. I was like, <laughs> no, you know, and he didn't mean anything by that, but it was just kind of funny uh-huh. because that even for him, he realizes like, okay, our, he, he doesn't want our kid to just live off of French fries. Right. And, and the texture thing. It's also, I feel like that's a huge thing for, for kids is, is the texture thing. And um, yeah. But I am very, very big on, he has to try it. Yeah. Whether I sit there and say, um, oh, okay, you want a veggie pouch? Okay, well, you have to take a bite of this. And I will do that multiple times. And I'll say, okay, well, let me know when you're ready. And a lot of times it's kind of battle of the wills, honestly, because they would just rather the yumminess over the mediocre meal, I guess you'd say, you know. Right. Um, But it's definitely like, I feel like a true statement of you got to pick your battles. Um, yeah. Sometimes with the meals, but yeah. I know. I uh, sometimes what I'll do is if my kids are unsure, like, mom, do I like this? I'll just tell them, yeah, you've tried it before and you really enjoyed it. <laughs> I'll just lie to them. I don't know if that's lying or selective for um, re- remembering, but, um, but I'll just tell them, yeah, you liked it. I'm pretty sure you've tried it and you liked it. Let's try again, you know, or whatever. Um, but I will say this, this was very motivating for me. And my kids were a little older when I learned this, but it was very eye-opening to the power of my, my role as a mother in their taste development. We went on a missions trip and there was a man on the trip who was like in his fifties, like, Ugh, sorry, wasp. Um, I'm about to smack <laughs> this wasp with my sandal. Um, anyways, and he, he would only eat, there's only five foods he would eat, like pizza, hot dogs, hamburgers, um, lasagna and something else like there was like five foods he would eat he never ate vegetables or anything and I was like how is this man alive right now and so I asked I was like and his wife was talking about how how easy slash difficult it was to cook for him because that's all he would ever eat and so I said how come that's all you ever eat and he goes well that's all my mom ever made us when we were kids so that's all I like yeah and I was like oh snap (laughs) and so I said holy crap that's true Cause like the more I'm feeding myself something and the more I develop an appetite for it. Right. And I've noticed, like, I've never fed my kids fish sticks. 
Well, now they won't even eat fish sticks because we didn't eat them growing (laughs) up because I don't like fish. So I never made fish sticks, you know, or certain foods. Like I, I never made rice for them growing up because I don't like rice. They do eat it now, you know, but it's like they're the foods that I never gave them. They weren't even interested in trying the stuff they're familiar with, like pizza. Pizza is our number one food group in our family. It's I should probably I should probably repent over that. Um, but they love pizza because yeah. that's what they're they've eaten so often. And so all that to say, mom, you get to make the rules. Forget mom guilt. There's not a right or wrong way to do this. You yeah. get to write the book on how your kids are gonna yes. eat. You get to come up with the rules and whatever you introduce to them is what they will develop a taste for, even if they don't like it at first. And it's okay if they don't like it at first. They'll probably like it eventually. I remember so. when I remember when I was pregnant. Uh, I I was a very picky child growing up. I was I was that guy. I was the chicken strips, the burger, the French fry. Like I was such a picky child. My mom was you know a, a single mom. You know, tired. You know, she worked hard, tired. But then you know we get it. That is so relatable. So mm-hmm. I grew up very picky, and that's all I would eat. Now, thanks thankfully with pregnancy hormones you really branch out and get crazy sometimes. And as I, as I got older, I would get curious and try new stuff. And, you know, Mm -hmm. so now my palate has expanded still a little, still picky, but it's gotten better. Um, but one thing I knew is because that I was like that, I was, I intentionally, I feel like you got to be intentional too. Sometimes with prayer, I intentionally prayed, Lord, let Jasper's taste buds be like my husband's because Cameron, Cameron will eat anything. I mean, literally, and he'll try and like the squids at the Chinese buffet. Like I'm talking anything. And I was like, I pray, Lord, that, you know, my child has has a vast taste. But it's like he Mm -hmm. wants to try. I pray that he's opening to trying stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. And so I I consistently prayed um, over my kids taste buds when I was pregnant. And even now, you know, sometimes I pray before I make the meal. Lord, please do not let this be in vain. <laughs> smart. That's so smart, man. I made so many meals in vain. It was such a heartache. And if I was pregnant, man, I did not have a lot of grace for them not liking my food. <laughs> I was going to ask you, Jen. So do you have any like suggestions or solutions? Like, you know, you, you've had four of them now. So mm-hmm. what is like, if you, what did you do if your child, if you made this meal and your mm-hmm. child's like not having it, what was your go-to? From a toddler even till like now, what did you do starting at toddler if they refused to eat? Okay. I did the spectrum. I did the whole make you eat it till you're gagging on your food. I did the whole you go to bed hungry. I did the whole, I did a lot of different things. But what I ended up deciding on was it just wasn't a hill I wanted to die on. And so <laughs> I would, I did, I did learn that during mealtime, Like what I would do is if I made a meal, I made sure there was foods in the meal that they could eat. At least I would try to avoid, like I would introduce one new thing at a time along with two things that I knew they liked, you know, um, that way they would at least eat something on the table, you know? So that kind of was my, my happy medium. And then, uh, and then if they just didn't want to eat anything, then, I mean, Benjamin learned to just say he wasn't hungry and he would politely not make a stink out of it. I appreciated that. You know, I was like, okay, if you're not hungry, whatever. But then if they would try to go to the kitchen right after dinner, after not eating anything, I wouldn't allow them to, I'd say no. Mm -hmm. Or I think there was also seasons where 
if there was a lot of pickiness happening, I had like two options for them. Um, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich or hot dogs, like, like just hot dog weenies, whatever. And I would, whatever your chosen options are, maybe it's a bowl of vegetables. I don't know, but pick your two options that mom decides if you're hungry after dinner, this is your choice. And then if they don't like those, then, okay, you were given a choice. If you're choosing not to eat, that's your choice, you know? And so that's kind of, that was kind of where I landed. It was less, less conflict because I wanted to respect the fact that some people just don't like certain things. I don't want to be forced to eat something I don't like either, you know, so. Yeah, I, don't know. I think to, like we kind of move like into so like the solution, you know, kind of part of this conversation. But yeah, I, I, I tried doing that with Jasper. Um, here's your choice. And I held it out in front of him, you know, uh-huh. and he probably doesn't fully understand that. But I want him to understand that you chose this. You said you were hungry. You know, you wanted to eat this. Yeah. And um even when it comes down to and I'll do it with something simple like pouches but I did start doing what you were talking about um like I made sure the other day I was like man this is a little questionable let me make Mm -hmm. some mashed potatoes to put with it um so that way I feel like that's a good way to eliminate the mom guilt too is once again going into the situation prepared or Mm -hmm. as prepared one can be at mealtime at the feeding frenzy you know yeah Um, and keep in mind, when some kids get hungry, it's not hungry, it's hangry, just like yeah. we did. And so by then, emotions are flying high, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, but I did try that the other day, and I felt like I walked away not feeling quite as bad. Like, yeah, you probably just mm-hmm. ate more mashed potatoes than anything, but yeah. I didn't feel so defeated, like, you know. Yeah. Man. I will say, when they were younger, I think I was stricter about the concept of eating what you're given trying everything before you say you don't like it just the just the principle behind it because that's really kind of like it's a mindset issue as they got older and they could clearly we all clearly knew there's just certain things they just weren't going to enjoy then I gave them a little bit more freedom to choose alternatives um but I never would just open up my kitchen like it would piss me off if I put all kinds of work into dinner and then yeah. they don't eat dinner and then they think they can go raid my kitchen. Uh, sorry, kitchen's closed. Get out of here. You know, Talk so about, like, yourself, like, like in that moment, you're frustrated. They're now more hungry and frustrated. What's most likely going to escalate from there? More frustration and then spankings. <laughs> yeah. So I would just, I would literally, I, I would, I would just not spankings, but I would. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not afraid. My thing was I always wanted to make sure they had options of something they legitimately could eat. Maybe they weren't in the mood for it, but they could legitimately eat it. Because I'm sorry, not every meal you eat is going to be your favorite meal. It's just not going to work that way. And so I would, you know, whether that's vegetables or whether that's, again, hot dogs, you know, or something that I know, which hot dogs aren't real nutritious, but at least it's meat, you know. So I would try to make sure they were getting something of nutrition as an option. Um, but they certainly were not getting dessert if we had dessert. And so a lot of times that was a motivator. Like if you're not going to try your food, if you're going to complain about your food and you're not going to eat it, you're definitely not getting dessert. So if you want dessert, you need to do your part. Now I will say on the flip side, when I, when the eating was a major issue, this actually motivated them really, really well versus consequences. Um, I had a little, a little jar in the middle of the table And I had those little pom-pom craft ball things. And if they, they would get a pom-pom for one, one of three things or all of three things is if they tried their food, if they ate all their food, and if they did it with a good attitude and complimented the cook. 
And because um, I was trying to teach them good table skills, right? Because their daddy didn't come with those. And so I had to train him too. And so uh, when they filled the jar, then I told them they were getting an ice cream party with all the toppings and all the fun. Oh, that's awesome. And so, yeah, so it took like three weeks, I think, for them to do it. And of course, the more, the better they did at mealtime, the quicker they filled up the jar. And then they were all cheering for each other. And they were like, come on, you can do it. You can eat it. Just eat it. Oh, get your pom pom, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so it actually was very, very effective. We only made it through one round of that. Um, but it was actually very effective and it did mark kind of a shift in their willingness to try food at the table and stuff. So I feel like that was like a major mom win when I did that. Absolutely. That's a huge mom win. Yeah, it was helpful. So, okay. So we are having a very long conversation. So let's lightly touch on this whole mom guilt around spending time with our kids. Um, I know you're really big on wanting to make sure you get time with your kiddo at the end of the day. And again, the more kids you do have, it's not that it's impossible to connect with them. It's really, really not. Um, I find that kids can be satisfied with quality over quantity. And I think that's what time with our kids can uh -huh. come down to is leave them full, not necessarily leave them where you're drained because you just spent hours and hours and hours of time you didn't have. You know what I mean? Yeah. So what would you say, speaking to mom guilt around spending enough time, especially working moms, I think deal with this. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like this part's really going to speak to the working moms or the moms who have multiple kids. Yeah. Um, I think one thing that I'm learning, uh, I, I think it's a huge learning curve still for me right now is, um, it's really just putting down like boundaries, but also, uh, not just boundaries. I feel like it's also time management. Hmm. It's like time, like, okay. Like blocking like, out time for your family. Like, really blocking out time and like you said being intentional jasper's uh biggest uh, i don't know if digging in dirt is a love language but it's his at the moment so <laughs> go out there's days where we will literally go out into the driveway sit in the rocks and dirt and we dig and he'll tell me sit sit he wants me to sit it's the sweetest and the dirtiest he tells me sit <laughs> don't he won't stop saying it so of course you sit and then sometimes we'll get up and we'll walk through the garden together. But he really likes me to be right there experiencing uh, yeah. life with him type of thing. Um, so, you know, there are days where I feel so guilty because say we have a chaotic morning. There's an hour we just spent together in the morning rushing to work, to school. Maybe it's a long day. Um, I'm only like I get off. I might have a one good hour with him. So one thing I'm learning is like, try to be intentional about planning your week out, maybe a little more in advance of like, okay, what does that quality, like you said, what does that quality time look like um, Yeah. in those moments? Because it's hot. We're realistically only going to be outside probably for 30 minutes or so. Um, True. You know what I mean? Like at a time. Um, I think the other thing is just um, like, make sure it's something they really want to do, you know, uh, and it speaks to their heart. Uh, yeah. There's definitely days I'm like, wow, I only got to see them for uh, three hours. And and y'all, Jen knows this. I am nesting. I'm just nesting right now. I just crave <laughs> to be inside and crave to be with Jasper. And, <laughs> you know, um, so that really speaks to my heart right now is just spending the quality time with yeah. him. I'm just having to be really intentional about when to set down work and when to pick up 
being the mom and, uh, you know, trying to really focus in on time management, I think. Yeah, I think, I think, uh, I think one thing that I had heard from another parent, actually, you were asking me about her about, about her Morgan McFarland. Um, one thing that her father-in-law taught her and her husband, Jeff, was because they, they both are working parents, you know, and they're like, how do we sustain being working parents and taking care of our kids? And his philosophy with his kids, and he has great relationships with the kids, was <clears throat> don't feel like you have to give them all your time, but just whatever you do, leave them feeling full. Because we don't realize how much, like, if my kids are acting up a whole lot, and I just take time, five to 15 minutes, to sit with them and look in their eyes and give them my face, what people don't realize is, like, eye contact from the parent actually releases a nutrient in your child's brain to wow. grow and develop. It actually releases a nutrient. And so if they are always busy around us, but not yeah. getting our face and our eyes, they're lacking that nutrient. And so giving them five minutes or, or 10 or 15 minutes of a valuable conversation, connection time, play time, play really builds the relationship. It's really, really important actually. And, um, having fun, building new memories, doing something new, playing with a new toy, just going, sitting in a new chair, going and sit, doing some kind of small little activity that has a freshness to it, um, yeah. actually releases chemicals in your brain that makes you feel in love. Same thing with gratitude practice. So when you say, I'm so grateful for you and saying things that causes in love feelings. So there's like little hacks you can do to make the most of that time. So doing what they love, what, like what Taryn mentioned is, is a quick way to their heart laughing with them and doing something that's fun and funny also is a quick way yeah. to their heart. Um, just anything that makes them feel seen, heard, and like they matter, which why doing what they love does that because it makes them feel seen and like they matter, you know? Um, and then the eye contact and the listening makes them feel heard, you know? And so giving them doses of that when you can that richness will still feed their soul, even if you don't have hours and hours and hours. But I do agree that, you know, taking the time to carve out to like, okay, on this day, from this hour to this hour, I'm just not going to do anything. I'm not going to be distracted. I'm just going to yeah. give my attention to my kids. Um, but I mean, I'm a working mom too. I run two businesses and I work at the church and, and I have to be intentional. I think nighttime bedtime routine is a really valuable time as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I think they feel more closure at the end of their day and more settled when we take that time to just connect and hear about their day a little bit. So, yeah, I um, I think too, like being really present and I mean, it just kind of all ties in together with that, like the word quality to me, but mm -hmm. being really present, like, um, you know, I've heard stories like I'm with my kids all the time. Yeah. Okay. But is like the TV blaring, are they mm -hmm. zoned in and out? Like, are you sitting on the couch? Like, and here's the thing. This is, is where everyone on devices. On. Yeah. This is where the mom guilt comes in and, and you got to be careful and let it, and it'll sneak in. Yeah. I, get, I am. I'm so tired. I'm six months pregnant. I don't want to sit in the dirt sometimes, or yeah. I don't want to sit there and, and, and chase a ball. Like that's our next thing. He will throw the ball. I have to act excited. I have to, you know, <laughs> but it makes him so giddy and like just he, 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 and he just loves it. We might do it for 20 minutes straight, Aww. but doing something like that, rather than like me sitting in the recliner and being like, man, I'm so tired and hurting. And I just, I need to, I need to breathe, you know, Yeah. I catch myself because there are moments where I'm like, okay, I, my body generally needs to like take a minute to like come down from work 
to switch gears, you know, mentally. So don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. Like I, there is a balance in that when it comes to like feeling that guilt, but I do think, yeah. being, you know, you really, you got to figure out where you have to be healthy. So your child can be healthy. And yeah. I do think that, you know, take care of yourself, figure out what works for you and just do that and just be yeah. really present on all the devices. Don't have the TV blaring because at the end of the day, I can't tell you, and this is from like working in a childcare facility. And once again, this is no shame. You can tell what children spend a lot of quality time together as a family and what children Mm. don't. Mm. No condemnation in that because some families and homes are so much busier than others. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times everybody is really just doing the best they can. But you can tell who sits on the floor and actively plays with their child versus putting a tablet or in front of them or you know what I mean like yeah you can tell and so um I'm grateful for my experience you know working at at a daycare because it, it is an eye-opener you know yeah yeah I, yeah it is an eye-opener and I think we all we all know there's a better way to do things and like an ideal way to do things or whatever but here let, let's wrap with this so I just want to free you moms which you may have already figured this out at this point, but that perfection is not the goal because there is no such thing as perfect parenting. And I, I used to think I just need to parent my kids as well as possible. So they won't have all these emotional issues growing up. Guess what? Your kids are going to have some emotional issues. That's just a normal part of life that we filter Mm -hmm. life in our own ways. And sometimes we filter it wrong. And that's just where those emotional issues come from. Yes. You know, (laughs) And sometimes your kids will encounter things that you cannot control and, and they're just going to have to walk through it and you're going to have to walk through it with them. And now do we want to do our part? Obviously, but perfection is not the goal. There is no such thing. There's, there's a reason why there's hundreds of thousands of parenting books because there's that many different methods <laughs> to parenting, you know, so find the book you like and just go with that one, you know? Yes. Um, and so perfection is not the goal, but if there's an area where you need to see growth, you feel like, man, I've really been, I really want to see us do better at time together and seasons fluctuate. And it may be an area of weakness in one season and an area of strength in another. So again, add, give yourself grace. But if you want to see growth, 1% improvement every day is the goal. That's the goal, not perfection, 1% improvement. If you improve 1% in that area every day, then by the end of the year, you will be 365 times better at that thing than you were when the year started. <laughs> and uh, so- I love that so much. That's my favorite. I'm gonna steal that one. That one's good. Steal it, steal it, girl. I learned that from a book on creating new habits. And so 1% growth is the goal. If you're trying to lose weight, 1% growth is the goal. Trying to eat well, 1% improvement is the goal. You know, just- micro goals are actually more effective and micro accomplishments are actually more effective at our long-term growth than massive major ones because massive major ones are not sustainable usually. So give yourself grace, mama. You are doing a great job. You are feeding your kids well enough. I'm sure you are spending time with them in the way that they need. Cause the fact that we give you mom guilt means you care enough that it probably is actually being done, you know? Oh yeah. And, and so you got this mama. So throw away that mom guilt, ask the Holy spirit for ideas and make 1% growth a day, your goal. And you're going to, you're going to do just fine. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll, one thing I'll add to that too, is, uh, if you see a parent, um, or if you see a, a child that you think is like showing a lot of good fruit, um, you're like, 
wow, I really like the way this child eats, or I really like the way this or this mom did this. Uh, you do not have to have it together all the time. It is like a one-way ticket on the Hot Mess Express. You don't have to have it together, but like, don't don't let that idea of like, as a mom, we have to hold it together all the time keep you from reaching out to another mom who is doing mm-hmm. something very well and not just doing it well, but that their child is fruitful. If you mm-hmm. like the way a child handles themselves in emotional situations, reach out to that mom. Hey, what are you doing? Uh, you know, I remember I reached out to Jen. She was sitting in the front row at worship practice. I remember the day and I was <laughs> like, Hey Jen, I have a question. Do you spank your children? You know, cause it's a sensitive <laughs> topic. She's like, well, yeah. And I was like, okay, at what age did that start? Like, because here I am a new mom entering into the discipline phase. Mm-hmm. So, so y'all just reach out to other moms that you see that you yeah. see. I mean, that is that's so supportive, huge. not feeling alone. And, and I think that's a, a really good way to conquer that mom guilt and, and get rid yeah. of it. Okay. So that tells me we have a life hack coming right up and I just had a great one pop into my head. So don't go anywhere. We have a life hack for you, for your mom health and your mom guilt coming right at you. Okay. So my life hack would probably be to, um, dad is just as capable sometimes as mom, even if they do it differently, just let Mm -hmm. them do it differently, but let them step away, let them take care of the child and just get your, get your peace, whether it be, you know, going out with your friends and getting coffee, or if you just need a breather where like you just go roam around Walmart or Target by yourself um, Mm. and do what you need to do. And my other one would be to don't hesitate to go to the Lord and just say, Hey, this is my prayer. And this is my heart. Um, You know, no prayer is too small. It's not silly. He hears the big ones, the little ones, and he knows your inner thoughts and he knows what you need. So don't be afraid to seek, seek him out in, in this journey. Yeah, that's really important. Letting dad take care of the kids because sometimes, because a lot of times moms naturally are the nurturers, we get left with the primary responsibility of the kids. But I used to have to correct my husband sometimes when he'd be like, oh, great. You're going to leave me with the kids all night. I'm like, hey, newsflash, they belong to you. You're not a babysitter. You're a father. So you get to be a father tonight yes. while I go refresh myself. And, yeah. um, and he, he had to adjust his thinking, you know, and that's kind of born into us. And so now that might be a little harsh of a way to deal with it. But, um, but get away. Go. Don't feel guilty for taking time to yourself because here's the deal. You would want your children, if they're stressed out and need refreshment, to go refresh themselves. So why won't you model it? We need to model what we want to see our kids do. And so my suggestion is something that I feel like I've shared it before in a previous episode, but for years, especially when my kids were little, I wanted community. And so me and a bunch of girlfriends at church, we would get together on a Friday night at like 8 PM after the kids were in bed. Cause you know, dads can handle getting them in bed. They can handle that. Yes. And so we would at eight o'clock meet up at whoever's house was the quietest and we would bring our decaf coffee and our (laughs) cookies. And we would literally, there'd be like 12 of us and we'd be there and we would stay up and we would talk until 2 AM and, and we would just enjoy having girl time talking and laughing and cutting up and doing facials and whatever. And we did it about once a month. And I didn't realize how unique that was or even how impactful that was until we changed churches and we didn't do that anymore. And the moms would comment like, oh, I miss our mom nights. Those were really a big deal. 
And so that helps you break off mom guilt because everyone shares their story and you realize you guys are all dealing with the same stuff, you know, <laughs> yeah, and, then, and then you can like get good ideas from each other. And these yeah. other moms have tips and life hacks that change your life. So it's Absolutely. huge. Yeah. It's huge. Well, Taryn, thanks for coming on my show today. Look, we, an hour and 12 minutes, look at us go. I'm going to have to cut the episode down a little bit, but that's because <laughs> there was so much good stuff in it. I'm so know, proud of you it. and happy to have you on. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. I did too. Well, you guys listen, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you know a mom who is tired or deals with mom guilt, y'all send her this episode. I know it's long, but she can plug it in the car and listen while she's driving or doing dishes or nursing a baby and her heart will be filled. And you guys, otherwise, don't forget to come follow me on Instagram at Java with Jen. Go check out the merch store, javawithjenmerch.com. You can buy you a t-shirt or coffee mug or some Java with Jen coffee. And until next time, Taryn, thanks for joining me today and we'll see you guys next week. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's show. For those of you who've rated or shared this podcast on social media, thank you. Reading your comments and reviews always means so much to me. Listen, let's stay connected. Come follow me on Instagram at Java with Jen, where you can follow the latest and say hey. It's a really great way to stay in touch. Many of you have also asked how you can support the show. You can make donations through the Anchor app or on Patreon. Or of course, by sharing, rating, and reviewing on social media and iTunes as well. Your heartfelt feedback always reminds me why I do this. Until next time, remember, you will fulfill your greatest destiny one day at a time.